0: Welcome to the James Camino Show podcast presented to you by Mackhart, Mackhart, Anderson & Associates. PLLC Our presenting sponsors. You will hear about them much later in the podcast, or much more in the podcast, I should say. We are recording live from outside. We are recording from the back porch of the studio. We are renovating the studio. We're kind of doing some things inside, and it is scuffed right now. I was on the phone for like an hour with Sparklight slash Cable One to try and figure out some internet stuff. And due to COVID and due to the coronavirus, it uh, it's going to be a little more interesting than I would like it to be. So that's all happening this week. We should be in the studio, I would say, for next podcast, we should be in there. I would hope so. So this might be a one-time thing. Or maybe, I mean, it's nice out here. It's nice out here. We're outside. It's a beautiful day. We're Monday recording Day after Easter, <clears throat> so it could be worse. It could be worse. It could be raining on me. We do have some <clears throat> other noises, some birds out here. So I was not when I first set all this up. It was pretty quiet, but now we have some uh, some winged friends. So I guess kind of some guests of the podcast. I thank you all for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. Like always, I've been saying every podcast, but really, um, the numbers and just kind of what what people are saying about the podcast and how much they're enjoying it or the reviews we're up to like 10 um, reviews on iTunes all five star none of are my burner accounts I swear to god so <clears throat> that kind of stuff is what keeps me doing this I mean bottom line you know uh, we we've been doing podcasts podcast for a long time and we preach that we have the best podcast and the fact that people are starting to Listen on a routine basis and, and let me know that. Yeah, it's very, very much appreciated. I, I really can't express that enough. So if you are, if this is your first podcast or your 10th podcast or your 5th podcast, it doesn't really matter. But thank you. And if you haven't reviewed on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening or, or if you watch on YouTube, then... Well, if you do listen on iTunes, I guess this I guess this whole beginning part doesn't really make sense because you probably have never seen the backdrop. But normally we have like a little gray wall, a black desk, salt lamp. I should have brought the salt lamp out here. I don't have the salt lamp out here. Big mistake on my part. But um, so yeah, so I ignore all the description of the of the actual studio. But it's kind of nice out here. It feels it feels good. I talked about it on the last podcast, but this is one of those. This is something that I have started to really enjoy. Something that I never did. It's kinda of, it's kinda of crazy when you look at time, when you look at how your days are spent, when you look at things you enjoy or, or whatever. But I've lived in this house for over almost three years now. I think yeah, I think it's it's either almost three or four years, I can't remember. I, I want to say three. Almost three years. It'd be three years and like two months. And there are there were times where I did not come out onto this deck or the backyard for months at a time because I was always traveling or I was at work or I was commuting or, you know, I was just in a hustle and bustle of life. And now I come out here at, at least once a day, at least once a day. And usually to drink a cup of coffee, usually to read a little bit. And I've really, really grown to enjoy just the sun, just sitting out here, on the on the porch, and you know, I don't have a great view, but um, just sitting out here and, and soaking in some sun and, and relaxing a little bit. So those are those are some of the little things that I've grown to enjoy, and that is part of living down in a, in a beautiful area with with beautiful weather. That's one thing we're blessed with down here in South Mississippi. is some incredible weather. So wherever you are listening, wherever you um, exist during this podcast, I hope that I hope that you are trying to get something out of the, the small things in life that, that may be around you. You know, if you're living in I don't know where you are, but I'm sure every place has their own small blessings that you can count on. So so hopefully you're digging into those. But Easter was yesterday. Easter was yesterday for those who celebrate it. For those who do not, um, are our demonic friends who who have who have committed to an eternity of being licked by the flames of damnation. If if you are one of those people, hey, no judgment here. Not, not, at least for me. You know, you'll be judged, um, you'll be judged for eternity in, in the next life. But yeah, for here, for he, the people that that uh, celebrate Easter, our first big holiday, our first big holiday, and and that and obviously that was a joke, guys. I, I don't, I don't, um, we don't, we don't need to get into the religious thing too much on the podcast. That's another co- topic for another day. But uh, I, I'm a big fan of believing that, hey. Um, It doesn't really matter what what religion you believe in, just uh, as long as you're a good person. So, yeah, that that was a joke. But the Easter, what a day, man. What a weird day. Mine was probably weirder than yours, but just the idea of Easter, the first big holiday for the coronavirus. And up until now, it's just been kind of every day's been every day, right? Monday's been Saturday. Saturday's been Wednesday. It doesn't really matter what day it is because they're all the same. But the holiday, for me, it, it, that's when, that's when I really kind of was like, man, you know, this is this is different. And to give you a snapshot into my life, I have a huge family, and we celebrate every holiday, and we celebrate, we celebrate with a big family. And there, I have seen, I have seen a group of my cousins and my aunts and my uncles and my grandpa. I have seen them. Every single holiday of my life, I have never gone a holiday without seeing them. I've never gone a birthday, any of that stuff. So, Easter is one of the big holidays, I would say. And when when I realized, like, hey, we're not doing anything, you know, we're, we're not we're not doing the family thing, we're not doing any of that stuff. I went to my parents' house because I've been. That's the only place I've been going is my parents' house. They're quarantined. I'm quarantined, but uh, but I, I go up there and hang out with them. So. When I realized, like, we weren't going to do anything, it was such a – it was sad hours, man. It was sad hours. And I thought about it with me, but I also thought about it with my mom because it's her sister is who, like, the group of cousins and all that stuff. So, and I asked her, and she's the oldest, so – and I asked her, when's the last time – like, when's the last holiday you remember not being with your sisters or at least your sister? And she said – and she thought about it and she she said N- never this is the first one so for me you know i'm talking about 26 years of really remembering these holidays and and all that but for my parents i mean you're talking about 50 plus years of tradition being kind of put on hold for for the coronavirus so it was it was an interesting day it was it was sad to not be around family and all that stuff but at the same time I don't mind these kind of stripped down, these kind of stripped down days where you're not caught up in the pomp and circumstance. You're not caught up in that, and it, it, it's a little different. And my Easter, <laughs> I went um, I hit rock bottom. Really, I probably would say. I think I've said that. I think we've done twelve podcasts, and I've said that on like six of them. Talking about me hitting rock bottom. So if that tells you how coronavirus is going over here. But I was at my parents' house, and they were just kind of doing their thing. And I was watching TV, and Steel Magnolias came on. Now, I've never seen Steel Magnolias. And if you've never seen Steel Magnolias, I'm going to, spoiler alert, but it's 30 years old, so if you're getting spoiled by this movie, or by what we're going to talk about, it's kind of on you. I I mean, I, I try and give people, my rule is, for a movie, I'll give you two weeks. For a TV show, I'll give you 24 hours. Bottom line. Movies are difficult because movies you have to plan. You know, you got to take out like a small loan. You have to actually go to the movie theater, all that stuff. But for a a TV show, you know, you just got to, hey, it's right there. Binge it. But a movie, if you don't watch it in two weeks, I got nothing for you. TV show, you got 24 hours, nothing for you. So this one's 30 years, so you should be good. But the, so I start watching Steel Magnolias. And I watch it from front to finish. I have never seen this movie before. You know, let me let me reiterate that. And i I was told it was a funny movie. I was told this was going to be a funny comedy, a southern comedy. Everyone loves a southern comedy. Dolly Parton, Julia Roberts, uh, Sally Field. We got all the, all the all the stars are out. So I'm watching Steel Magnolias, and it and it is pretty funny. It is funny. I'm enjoying it. Just a, just a, a goof and a gaff. And we get to the end. Or Probably about 70% through. And it starts getting a little dark. And it starts getting a little damn sad. And Julia Roberts, and here comes the spoiler alerts. But Julia Roberts starts to deal with some diabetic issues. She starts dealing with some some kidney problems. She's having like some seizures. She's having some passing out action. She wants to have a kid. So she has a kid. There's complications with the, with the childbirth. She's dealing with that afterwards. The kid's a couple years old maybe like one year old two years old something like that however however old when kids start walking and uh, he's bebopping around and she passes out and she goes to call she goes to call the uh, the husband and she never makes the call and Julia Roberts who's like a pivotal character her name is Shelby in the movie she's a pivotal character in the movie and she dies and the rest of the movie is Julia Roberts' mom uh, Emma Lynn Emma Lynn is dealing with the death of her daughter, and all these friends are dealing with the death of Julie Roberts, and they're all dealing with the, this child. And what, what are they going to do with this child? The husband is dealing with losing her, his wife. And this has all become like really, really dark, really, really fast. So I'm watching Cecilia Magnolias*, which is already kind of sad for for me on Easter, and I'm watching it, and I start I start thinking to myself, like, what, wait, what's going on? I started to feel I started to like feel something going on. I'm like what the hell is happening to me? What is this feeling? And you know, like my face is getting kind of flushed and like I'm starting to like my my vision is starting to get kind of blurry and I'm starting to kind of like my mouth is start starting to get kind of tight, you know, around like the edges. And I'm like, "Oh my god. I'm about to cry." And I was look, listen. Listen. Okay? I'm not going to I'm not going to lie to you guys. You know I would never lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you here, guys. Between me, you, and the camera, I was... If I wanted to cry, I could have cried for the next three to four hours after watching this movie. I was actively... I was actively trying not to cry the entire, probably... probably last hour of the movie. Maybe not that long, maybe like 30, 30... A good 30... A good thirty, I'll tell you that much. A good thirty minutes of the movie, the final thirty, I was actively thinking of things to do in my mind. I was, I was forcing myself to not cry. That's where I was at. I was, was looking around the room. I was like looking on my phone. I was try, I was pulling up like funny. Vi- I was doing everything like I was eating pretzels, like whatever I could do. Doing push-ups, what anything anything that i could do but my eyes were just tearing up i was they were welling up in my i mean like i had it looked like i was underwater and i'm not a big crier not not to not to be that guy i don't do a lot of crying i some movies get me um 90 of the times i've cried in my life have been during movies armageddon is one that got me uh my the worst fox and the hound when i was a small child I had to get picked up and uh brought home from day or kindergarten or first grade whatever help whatever it was and uh I, because of fox and the hound that was a that was a tough day for my dad he had to come it was like we were in like an auditorium we were in like an auditorium style room and this had to be kindergarten i i, I want to say it was kindergarten and we were in like an auditorium style room and it was like a celebration. It was like, hey, everyone's been really good in school. We're going to we're going to watch a movie. So we start watching Fox and the Hound. And I didn't like that very much. And so I was just bawling. I was just boohoo hooing crying. And hey, you're a kid, you know, you're in kindergarten. You don't even know what you're crying for, but something is triggering you in in your mind. You know, something is triggering what's happening. And I cried so hard that the teachers came and scooped me up out of the row, out of my the row of seats. Came and got me out of the road. Called my dad. He had to come. They could like think about that. Okay, I wasn't injured. I wasn't in trouble. I wasn't doing anything wrong. But I was so in tears. I was so upset that I couldn't even remain in the building. I was so upset that they couldn't even allow me to be around other children. My my sadness was disrupting the school. So they called my dad, and he. i I'm, I can see it. It's so crazy because you th- you. Uh, with your childhood there's some things where you absolutely do not remember right if you told me like hey man what'd you do for your eighth birthday so i have i have no clue if i saw a video maybe i could start putting some pieces together off the top of the head i have absolutely no clue and but i can see this day so perfectly <clears throat> i can see this day absolutely perfect and i remember the shirt he was wearing he was wearing like a uh, like a baby blue shirt he had a mustache I, 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 mean, I have it I'm there and I remember he walked in and I was st- we were we were still in the gymnasium and he came in he, you know, he got me and we, we, we got out of there and I was just walking back to the car with my head down kind of like damn man why couldn't we watch something else man why couldn't we watch any other movie you know we had to watch that and uh, that was a tough one the, the worst when I was older when I was an adult was Marley and me and I don't know I, I did not see this. I mean, we don't. I told you guys we don't really we don't edit. We don't write most of these podcasts. It's just, you know, I'm, I mean, that's just part of being the best in the business. Just being able to sit down and do this with an open mic. And I definitely didn't expect this to be the first first little bit of the podcast. But I was at, in Natchez for my college girl. I was at my college girlfriend's house, and this was like one of the first times I had met her. Met her mom, and we you know we dated for a few years. And um, we went to the movies, and we went and saw Marley and Me. And it's me, my girlfriend at the time, and her mom. And we're all sitting there, we're chilling, all good, not a big deal. And uh, we're watching the movie, and I start to feel it, and I start to, th- I start to kind of get, oh man, here it comes, you know. But I-, I should be able to fight it off. We should be okay. And I had a bucket of popcorn, and. When the water work started I was crying so hard that it was one of those cries where you got snot coming out and going into like your bucket of popcorn there's tears racing down your face and you're making this noise like that like you're you're also hyperventilating you're crying but you're also like sucking in air and I, I had to excuse myself I had to I had to go get my life together and clean myself up in the bathroom. And so, for the last 15 minutes of Marley and Me or whatever, I was uh, drying myself down and then just kind of hanging out in the lobby, waiting for them to, to come out. Because you can't go back. Like once you leave a movie for crying so hard, you can't go back in the movie, right? You can't be like, hey guys, I'm going to take 15 minutes, go to the locker room, and try and uh, try and get myself together. Then I'll be back. You just got to be like, you know what? This got me. If you have to leave a haunted house cuz you're too scared, you don't finish the haunted house. You have given up. You have quit. And that's how this was. If you if you have to leave a movie cuz it's so sad or you're handling it so badly, you got to just go. You got to just stay out. Try again a different day. Start from the beginning, try again a different day. But yeah, so Still Magnolia is super 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 sad. If you've never seen Steel Magnolias, it's a really really good movie. It's very similar like Forrest Gump. Where it's just a really good movie that's kinda of sad at the end and it'll hit you right in the feels. So so that was my Easter. a uh, little bit of little bit of Easter, little bit of Peter Cottontail, a little bit of crying, little bit of eggs, you know, so I mean, we, we really kinda we really kinda knocked out all the all the um, all the points there. And my parents were like, Should this be a tradition where we watch still my noise on Easter? And I said, Absolutely not. If we if this becomes a tradition, I'm gonna be in a psych ward. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna have the emotional ability to handle this every single year. So that was my Easter. But how, uh, how was y'all's in quarantine? It's did, did it affect you? The quarantine is is having this like trickle effect. It's it's got this weird. Every day I wake up and I reflect on kind of what's going on, and every day there's something new, and every day there's something where it's like. I just don't know, guys. I, I don't know. I, I will update on the quarantine, I suppose. And the quarantine, like, I don't want to say the quarantine is washed. I don't want to say, or not the quarantine, but COVID or coronavirus. I don't want to say it's washed. I don't want to say it's just like old news or jump the shark. Because it's still a huge issue, right? It's still, it's still this enormous global pandemic. It's still probably the biggest event in my lifetime. Maybe the biggest global event besides like a world war Never, you know, ne- never has something impacted the entire globe at the same time to this level. I mean, completely shutting down countries. But I don't want to keep harping on coronavirus every podcast because that's not, that's just me being lazy, right? I, 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 You you could talk an hour, you could do a corona hour every single week, but everyone's doing that. You know, so we, we, we covered corona, I think, the... I don't want to say the best out of everyone in the world, but probably the best out of everyone in the world. And we will update here, but you know, I, don't, I don't need... I'm at the point to where I don't need daily updates, right? I don't need... First week, first two weeks, oh my God, they're shutting down Las Vegas. Oh my God, they're shutting down New York. Holy shit, they're shutting down here. Oh man, I'm in a damn shelter in place. Like, yeah, I'm, I was with that. But we're we're almost a full month into shelter in place we're, we're almost a full month into just being home you know i know what's out there i know the coronavirus is bad i know people are, are dying i know people are you know their lungs are filling with blood I, we, we understand trust me i am the conductor of the apocalyptic hellscape the void the the void of darkness the shroud of chaos we understand that and i think we've articulated that quite well um, on the podcast So I don't need, I know some people, I know some people who turn on the news every single night to get a coronavirus update. That world, I can't even imagine living in that world right now. Of every single night, be like, oh, we went from 10 cases in Alabama to 14 cases in Alabama. Like, I don't need that. I don't need to know there's eight new cases in, in Mobile County. I don't need to know there's 20 new cases in Louisiana. At this point, it's like, it's here, it's running amok. Let me just kind of know when we're on the downslope. That's kind of where I'm at with the coronavirus. but one new wrinkle, a fun new wrinkle that I've seen recently and, and this this is going to be controversial yet brave, like most things are here. And if you see me looking down at the laptop, I'm looking down at the audio levels because I'm curious when I hear like birds chirping or leaves falling or I know there's wind out here. I'm interested how it's handling on the levels. So if you see, my Rain Man eyes go to look down a lot during this podcast and not at the camera. Um, I'm looking at the audio level. So that's a little... That's part of the behind-the-scenes... That's that's what we call in the business how the sausage is made. So because it's a one-man team here, well, we're doing the producing while also doing the podcast. So another wrinkle of why you're listening to the best podcast on Earth. But one one fun thing that i've seen recently with the coronavirus is now i see people and they, and then some have started to pop up in my neighborhood on my street these um a hero lives here yard signs now look look i'm i'm not really totally sure what these yard signs are for i'm not going to say that i don't think nurses and doctors and people in healthcare aren't heroes i think they are probably heroes but where do we draw the line of like what what are they doing there? why why, what is that? Do we need to put yard signs in every firefighter, police officer, uh military member, single mother, like all those people to me are heroes. all those people to those all that those groups are heroes. so does everyone just get a hero sign in their yard? I mean at what at what point at what and then it's also like, isn't that what Facebook and Instagram is for? Do you want me to go like your yard sign? Like, I totally get if on Facebook or Instagram you're sharing pictures like that. You, you share a picture that says, you know, a hero, I'm a hero, basically. And, yeah, get your likes, get your dopamine fix. Look, clout is king. We get that. We Look, I subscribe to the Church of Clout more than anybody on earth. But I don't understand what I'm supposed to do with your yard sign. When I drive by, and there's one on my street, when I drive, they may, if they're outside, they may actually be listening to the podcast. They're only like two houses down. But if, if I'm driving by your, cause I don't have one in my yard, I, I'm no hero. So if I'm driving past your hero sign and I get to my house, am I supposed to just be like, sul- like sulking? Am I supposed to be in my room just like, damn, you know, he's a hero or she's a hero. She's out there saving lives. What the hell are you doing? You know, I just get back from like the gas station or something, or I, I just drive around a little bit just to get outside. And it's just like, well, you know, like I don't I'm not a hero. Why am I not a hero? What am I doing with my life? Is that what I'm supposed to feel? Is that what they want from me? Is that what these nurses and doctors is that what they want? They want me to to have trouble sleeping at night because I'm not a hero? Do I need to do something heroic? Do I need to go set, like, a building on fire on purpose just to go into the building and rescue people so that I can get a hero sign? And that's another thing. Like, who's making these hero signs? Who, Who's the guy? Who's the, the gatekeeper? Who is the guy who is like, oh, hello, sir, I would like to buy one of your A Hero Lives Here signs? And does he even take cash? Or does he just take merit? Does he just take, like, okay, well, I have a sign, but you got to prove you're a hero. And then I have to do something? Do, is it like a Girl Scout badge or a Boy Scout badge where I have to build a fire? If I build a fire in front of this man, do I get my hero badge? Like, How does it work? Because it, it doesn't make sense to me that you can just pay like eight bucks for it. That's not very heroic. Like if I go pay eight dollars, I get a hero lives here sign and I can just put it in my yard. Or do I have to like bring like a, like a choking baby and perform you know the Heimlich and CPR? successfully to get my sign does this guy just have like a, it's like the american gladiators you, you just show up and he puts you on an obstacle course and if you complete the obstacle course congratulations you're a hero and what like what do we what is it what how do you how do you procure these things who's claim who's giving you that status i totally get for boy scouts you know you you uh you fly a kite you catch a fish, you get a badge, you fish badge, you you wear it around, people you know push you down and put you in lockers, but at least you got your badge. At least you got your badge, and you can say, look, see this badge right here with the fish on it? This badge with the fish on it means that I caught a fish in that river. That's what this is telling me. It's an achievement. Unlocked. I unlocked this achievement. I get that, but the hero lives here? Yard sign? I'm not sure if I understand the prerequisites. I'm not sure if I understand why why they are there. It just seems like 1996 all over again, right? Like it, it's, pretty, it's pretty close to when people would, remember when people, you go to the beach, or you go anywhere, and they, and they had those planes, and the planes would be carrying like a ribbon, and the ribbon would say like, Happy 17th Birthday, Amanda. And you're on the beach, and you're like, you know what, I don't know who Amanda is, but it's obviously her birthday. Happy Birthday, Amanda. You see the sign, and for, I mean, you talk about, you talk about egotistical. Where it's like, yeah, my birthday's happening and I need the whole damn beach to know it's my birthday. So I'm going to fly a big-ass sign. It's basically mailing a letter to a thousand strangers. But this is pretty close to that. This yard sign is pretty close to just flying. They really should do that. Instead of the yard signs, they should just fly a plane and just have the ribbon behind it. The ribbon should say, like, uh, Kathy just completed her 12-hour shift at... Uh, you know, Our Lady of Resurrection Hospital. That's it. Or you know, like uh, Lisa served four uh, hot po'boys at work today during her eight-hour shift at the salmon shop. Boom! Like, that, like That's what we should be doing. We should just be putting one two brief one two sentence descriptions of your day at work, what you did. Put it on the back of a B fifty two bomber or whatever, and fly that thing over the city for an hour. And then everyone can look up and be like, damn, man, Martha had one hell of a day at work. And they can be long. You know, if you, if you want to just talk about some work drama or talk about, what, you know, some problems, you, had, you couldn't find a parking spot, you, you spilled your coffee, whatever. You know, oh, man, Kimberly, damn, you look up, just, man, Kimberly spilled her coffee in the break room. Damn, tough day for Kimberly. Feel bad for Kimberly, man. I, that's what I'm looking for. I don't want to be driving down the street to see a random yard sign. And all of a sudden start feeling bad about myself. Am I supposed to get out? I I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So let's, let's, I'm not going to say let's just remove the yard signs. But if you haven't bought one yet, if you haven't bought one yet, let's just, let's just not. That's kind of where we're at right now. Let's just, let's move towards not buying the, the yard sign at the moment. Let's not, and let's do something else we'll figure out a different way to proclaim you a hero. But I'm seeing them pop up everywhere. Whoever's making these a hero lives here yard sign. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic job. I mean, that's capitalism at its finest. With the quarantine, with the quarantine out here, I will say that it and the update, right, the big update today is that America now has passed Italy on death, on death numbers. And I'm seeing a lot of people share this, and which goes to show me that not a lot of people know geography because, and write this down, ladies and gentlemen, You can you can blow people's minds at your next water cooler meeting. Did you know that Italy is much smaller than the state of California? I'll repeat that. Because apparently the news is not doing this. But Italy is much smaller than the state of California. So when you when it's news that the entire United States has now surpassed the death tolls of Italy, that's when you know that maybe this isn't that bad in the United States. And this is officially where I've come down on this. Is that I believe the following two statements are simultaneously correct. One, I believe that the coronavirus was a serious issue, a very serious, very problematic global pandemic. I believe that it could have got out of control and it could have been really, really bad. I am locked into that belief. I am there. I am right there. Okay? But I also believe simultaneously that number two, the United States had a multiple month head start to see how bad it got in places like Spain, Italy, China. They had the resources for being from being the United States, and they got the jump on it to where the data and the charts and the graphs that we saw of whoa, two million people might die. Whoa, we're talking about two million people just in America may die from this thing maybe that was not right you know maybe that like equal scale of okay well this many people have died in mainland china if you scale it down and this many people have died in italy and if you kind of re- relate that back to the united states we're projecting 3% deaths this like maybe that was not right because now i think the global death toll is like 113,000 And 113,000 in the world, compared to the graphs and charts that we saw that were saying 1 to 2 million in America alone, are incredibly different. So, yes, I think that without what we did, I think that without the resources that we have, I think that without the knowledge of multiple months of seeing what this thing can do, yes, I think it could have been really, really bad. I think it could have been really, really dangerous. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I had, I had someone ask me, listener to the pod, ask me, what do I think would have happened if the coronavirus would have happened in 1950 where we didn't have the power of media? We didn't have social media. We didn't have the, new, the fast news cycle, and people got their news from the newspapers, and people got their, their information on a much longer loop. I mean, our news cycle right now is instant. You get breaking news on Twitter. Back then, I mean, you got to think about in the in, in you know not that long ago. I'm mean, talking about the like 70s and 60s. If something happened at 10 a.m., some breaking news happened at 10 a.m., you were not finding out about that until 6 p.m. when the news came on. Now we're getting minute by minute, second by second update via social media. So it's a very, I mean, it's it's completely different, you know. And and it social media has been one of the most confounding inventions of all time potentially could be one of the best things that ever happened while also being one of the worst things that ever happened. And when I say social media, I mean the internet, I mean, I mean the whole kit and caboodle. I mean, you know, Google, I mean, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everything, ask Jeeves, put it all together. And, but, but I'll give it this in, in situations like this, it potentially could have saved hundreds of thousands of people because we went from, Understanding what was happening on a minute by minute basis to enacting full scale regulations. You know, being able to pass down breaking news, here are your regulations, here are your guidelines, versus having to get the news days and days and weeks and weeks later. There's no telling what would have happened in the 50s and 60s if this would have happened. There's absolutely no telling how many people would have contracted the virus or died before we even had regulations. Whereas here, it was all done within a matter of, what, 50 days, 60 days, which is pretty incredible to go from just hearing about it, understanding it, making regulations, enforcing regulations, and moving forward. So that has been interesting to watch and and to think about the devastation of what could have been in the past is something else. I live next to an Air Force base and I hear one of the planes going off and they usually fly right over the house. So if you hear like right now some like huge rumbling, that's what it is. So I'm just gonna kind of ramble on until hopefully it passes. But uh, I think it's about to fly over right now or maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe they're just blowing it up, I don't know because the noise is not stopping. It's usually not this long. But that's what that noise is right now is a giant uh, aircraft about to fly over the house. So, we're about to get a classic little uh, podcast flyover. How many podcasts out there, ladies and gentlemen? How many podcasts have their own flyovers happening simultaneously with the cast? But I'll try I'll try and power through this. But the the virus and how I th- I think and I'm not a doctor. Look, I'm not a microbiologist, I'm not a doctor, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not any kind of biologist, and absolutely do not take what I say as fact, as far as the virus, on everything else, absolutely on everything else, take it as fact, take it as a hundred percent true, take it as look, this is this is gospel. but on this on these you know on, on pandemics and disease, don't take that as fact. but I believe that we're on the downslope. I believe that we are the good the part, the peak is over. I don't think there will be another peak. I think we've kind of curtailed it. I think people have quarantined themselves pretty well. We've seen people... Uh, the flyer was over. But the people... We've seen the people not do the quarantine. We've seen the spring breakers. We've seen the, the the parties. We've seen the pub crawls. And we've talked about it here. But I think for the most part, people are doing what they should be doing. And I think that that, in in the head start we got, and the resources we have, and all that stuff, has kind of made it to where we weren't hit as hard as it could have been and I think we're in that downturn and I think that we will be back to normal in the next uh, in my mind I keep saying I think that everything will be opened for business to the best of their abilities by June I think right now what is it, April 13th I think another two weeks of this probably like home quarantine and then around May you'll start to see people slowly transition back You'll see people, okay, work, you know, the people who can come in, you come in. The people who can do this, I'll start slowly getting back. And then by Juneish, we'll probably see the full scale. Oh, this casino's open. Oh, this cruise ship is running. Oh, this restaurant is open. Oh, we're having a concert. Stuff like that. We're having a concert. We're only having a thousand people, right? So and we're we're implementing fever detectors. So stuff like we're gonna have a slow rollout. But I think that in June ish we should be probably getting over this whole thing, and that's due to a lot of reasons I think and the the um the idea that there will be another p because you see I, I before this podcast I checked out what the updates were just so I made sure it had the best information for you guys and on, one of them I saw was something like we're not we're not even at the bottom yet, and I couldn't believe that I was still seeing these articles because I thought. I thought that was way in the, in the mirror of the idea that, hey, man, we may not be good. We may be still cooked. And I couldn't get over that that still is a thing. Because to me, it seems like it's getting so much better. The numbers are just drastically dropping. I mean Italy and Spain, their numbers are dropping. They're dropping so much that they're actually starting to open stuff back up. So to me, it's hard to imagine that, oh, we're going to have a huge peak. It's, it, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm absolutely not a doctor. And, oh, Anthony Fauci or whatever, he, I mean, this guy is getting more play. This guy's getting more play than anybody. I've never seen someone do so many podcasts, so many TV shows ever. Is this guy going to run for president? I mean, he's on every TV show, every, he's on some podcasts that aren't even, he's on just like fun podcasts. I think he was on like the Ron Burgundy podcast. This guy's on, he's on C SPAN, and then next thing I know, he's on Hot Ones. I mean, you we're going to have Anthony Fauci on uh, American Ninja Warrior. He might be on Survivor next year. This guy, for being a doctor, this man loves the camera. I mean, he's on five minutes. He's eating blazing wings. On hot ones, you know, crying, you know, just tears running down his face as he as he answers life questions. Then, boom, he's on ESPN. Bam, he's behind the president. Uh, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. So he he, you know, his information... Well, listen to him for sure over what I'm saying, but from my point of view, I think we may be wrapping it up. We may be wrapping up the quarantine now. let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Let's talk about our presenting sponsor, the law firm of mchard MacHard anderson and associates p l l c guys. We introduced them last week. What an ad read that was. They're a law, f- law firm based in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, a place I know very well, went to college there. If you have any issues, legal issues, these are the guys to go to. How many times do I have to tell you about these billboard lawyers, these commercial lawyers? We have seen them. You know who I'm talking about. Drive down the street. I'm sure they have a billboard there. All these guys do, these crooks, is they put these billboards up. They put the billboards up and they hope that someone gets in a wreck, and they hope that something pops off in their brain where they're like, oh yeah, I remember that billboard with the giant yellow letters. What was their tagline? One call, that's all. I could make one call right now. If that's all it takes, I'll call them. And then they call them, and they get hooked for a a huge bill. They never get their money. They never get what they need to do, and it's a total disaster. My guys, great friends of the podcast. Matt, I'm I'm trying to get... Into a situation with an insurance denial, just so I can call these guys because they are unbelievable. But these guys and Matt Hard Anderson and Associates, they're not going to tell you one call. Why? Because if it takes three calls to fix what you have going on, they'll make three calls. If it takes ten days, they'll take ten days. Think about if you were in jail, or think about no. Think, that's a good. You know what? Think about that. Where's the only other place that they give you one call? Prison. When you when you go and you hold up a Circle K for seventy bucks and a, and a Laffy Taffy and you got you know you you are down on your luck, so you roll in there with a with a forty five and you hold up the cashier for a few lemon drops and they send you to the to the pen. What do they tell you? All right, you get one call. So why why is why would you trust a law firm that is using the same rules as prison? Would you trust a hotel that used the same rules as prison? Would you trust a hotel that said, hey, man, we have prison rules here, so uh, if you go to the bathroom, you better bring a shank? I, I certainly would not. I don't understand how the one call, that's all, became popular. Don't trust the one call, that's all. Trust the guys who will go the extra leg for you. Termites, 18-wheeler, automobile, or crash, any of that. That's what the guys at MacHard McCart, Anderson and & Associates are doing for you. You got termites? You go, you think you can handle termites in one call? Absolutely not. I'll tell you that right now. I got a friend of mine who a family member who has over a hundred thousand dollars of damage done to her home by termites. You think she got that handled in one call? Absolutely not. There's only one place in the world you can get something handled in one call. That's a pizza place. You call and you say, I'll take a large pepperoni, they say absolutely, and that's it. That's one call. Anywhere else, it's gonna take more calls. And if it's taking less than one call or one call or less, then it's probably not that big of a deal. Your life should be a bigger deal. Your well-being should be a bigger deal. Your safety should be a bigger deal. And the, and the well-being of your family should be a bigger deal. For God's sakes, contact my guys at MacCard, MacHard Anderson & Associates with any of your legal needs at 601-450-1715 or go to their website at MACHardlaw.com. That is spelled M C H A R D L A W. Dot com, Ladies and gentlemen, tell them that James sent you. Tell them you heard of their services here on the James Scremetta Show podcast. And you will be moved straight to the front of the line. You won't get 10% off. You won't get 25% off. You won't buy one get one free. But you will get the red velvet carpet rolled out for you. And you will get the best possible treatment if that you tell them you heard about their services here on this podcast. Finally, guys, think about this. They are the single, only law firm in the state of Mississippi to be handing out or to be working for seven-figure settlements. So don't listen to these, uh, these clowns out there who say, hey, one call, that's all. We got you there, boss, when they're giving you one-figure, two-figure, three-figure, negative-figure settlements. Because think about it. You pay them, you get a bad settlement, you still got to pay the bills, you come out on the bottom. And you don't want to be on the bottom. Trust me. Don't, ask me, don't ask me how I know, but trust me, you don't want to be on the bottom. My guys at MacHard, MacHard Anderson & Associates, seven-figure settlement, give them a call, go to their website, tell them James Cremetta sent you. And that is our presenting sponsor. Whew. Name another damn podcast that can be outside, because I'm starting to sweat. Name another podcast that can do an ad read like that with no notes. I have no notes. I got my audio levels here. The only thing I've got, take you behind the curtains, the only thing I've got right now is their number and their website. And that's it. And I'm sitting here ripping 45 minutes into a commercialist solo podcast, and I'm out here ripping an ad read like that, a 10 out of 10 ad read. Unbelievable. I mean, you talk about on another level, you know, Conan O'Brien's podcast, are they doing this? Are they doing this? Is Jim from the office? Is his podcast doing this? You know? Another planet, really. Another thing about the quarantine. I got this glass of water out here. And I keep taking a sip out of it. And I'm kind of nervous because I'm thinking like pollen and stuff is falling in it. And I don't handle pollen very well. I got some allergies. Man's got allergies. Man's took allergy shots for a few years. And... I, I'm just imagining how much pollen is in this glass of water. And I'm just drinking it into my into my esophagus, into my tum-tum. I'm about, I mean, I might be coronated up by tomorrow. I might just have full on, I might have to get a Claritin-D, like, IV. My eyes are going to be so swollen after this podcast. But, hey, anything for you guys in those five-star reviews. But another thing about the quarantine, we'll end the show on this, but another thing about the quarantine... I, I just, I just think people. I think, I think the world's changed, man. I think we've been here long enough, guys. Silently, I, you look. You don't have to tell anybody. I'm not a snitch. I won't tell on you. But raise your hand if you are working at home and you're getting your work done in like two hours, and you're working. You know, you're not sitting at a desk. You're not wearing slacks. You're not dressing up. You're not. You're not forced to take a one-hour lunch break. You're not sitting in your car eating a lunch that you packed. You're not. You know, you can go outside if you want to. You can work from your living room. You can work from your, wherever you want. You know, You're productive. You're getting your job done. You're doing a damn good job. Now, tell me if you think that you'll do a better job by working at an office, by wearing slacks, by sitting in a cube, by sitting at a desk, by having to go somewhere, by having to be there for eight hours... Do you think that any of that stuff is directly related to how well you can do your job? Cuz I'll tell you right now, I don't think it is to my job. And I don't think it is to your job either. And I totally understand if there's some jobs where you have to go outside or <laughs> go outside. Now, this is the only job. This is the only job where you can do it outside. But there are some places where you have to be at the office. I totally get that. If you deal with customers, if you deal with people, yeah, you got to be there. But for most jobs, most office jobs, most cube jobs, you sitting in that cube of hell, you being imprisoned by that cube does not directly correlate with how well you can do your job. If you can do it from home, is are you where where is your mental place going to be the day they tell you, all right, we're going back to work, we're going back to the office, you've got to come to the office for eight hours. I know personally, I it I d I don't know how I'm gonna handle it. Because I've become so used to Kind of hanging out, kind of you know drinking my coffee, doing my job, I'm up every day for my hours. I work every day during my hours. I don't do anything in my work hours that I wouldn't do at work i don't I don't go somewhere these podcasts I do after my work hours, all that stuff, and to think that I'm going to have to go back to the way where I'm sitting at a cube or I'm wearing the same ten outfits or I'm sitting in my car eating lunch and you know those things those things directly take away from quality of life bottom line they really do. and I'm surprised that places and maybe they will, but maybe places will become a little bit more progressive and they will say, you know what? This is kind of working. Let's loosen up some of our regulations. You don't have to be here for 40 hours. And I think the way it should go, and this is what I would promote to every company that can do this, I think people should be... Let's just ease into it. What if a company said, okay, you have to be here for 20 hours. You have to be in the office for some type of 20 hours spread out over the course of Monday through Friday. Figure it out. But... You do not have to just sit here you do not have to take an hour lunch break if you want to work three days on this or three hours on this day five hours the next day if you want to do this you want to take a, you know whatever go do it as long as you get your work done and I think people will be so much more productive and so much happier and it just seems like office culture would be better you know the what they have to pay for an office have to pay for all that stuff like it would just reduce all that. So I'm surprised, and it is a really progressive idea. It is an incredibly progressive idea because when we were children, we were taught very young that we need to be in a place every single day for a set number of hours, and we have to watch the clock, and the clock is king. I mean, you think about school. From when you go to school, from when you go to work, you're doing the same thing. You're waking up. You're putting on a uniform. Even if you don't wear a uniform to school, like an actual uniform, your work attire is your uniform. Anything like that is a uniform. Just because it's not blue khaki shorts and a white polo like, like your private schools, just because it's not that doesn't mean it's not a uniform. So when you're trained from such a young age to go sit at a desk, we're talking like first grade, second grade. You got the same desk every day, don't you? You wear the same uniform every day, pretty much. You're eating the same rotation of things every day. And who can tell you when to do stuff? That clock. Ooh, it's one o'clock. Here's a bell. Go to your next cl- uh, class. Ooh, it's two o'clock. Here's a bell. Go to your next one. You ain't leaving the premises until two forty-five, or whenever your school gets out. And next, and the next day, you got to be here at this set time. Then you graduate school. And you go to work, and it's the exact same damn thing. Here's your desk. Here's your uniform. Here's your lunch hour. The bell is that clock. And when that clock says 5 o'clock, go, you know, go ahead. You can leave. I mean, think factories used to have whistles. It, it, the bell even transferred over to the workplace. Factories used to have the whistle at 5 to let people go. And now we just have our bosses. So at what point do, does that part of life kind of go away? Because for me, I hate sitting at a desk. I hate sitting at a cube. I'll I'll be very transparent and very honest with you. I'm allergic to the idea of a cube. I'm allergic to the idea of I have to be in this space for eight hours. I could do... There's almost nothing that would take me eight hours straight sitting in the same spot to do. I mean... It's hard to imagine what you are doing, unless you're doing like the most intense Lego set of all time. What do you have to be in the same spot for for eight hours in a three by three square to accomplish? If you can answer me that, if you can tell me what that is, I'd be very surprised because it's probably nothing. It's probably nothing. So I'm interested to see what people will be like when they have to go back to that. I mean, we've got a solid month, some people longer, of. This different world. Can you go back to packing your lunch? Can you go back to meal prepping and eating out of plastic containers in your car? Can you go back? I haven't worn a belt in a month and it's felt damn good. Can you go back to that life? Should we go back to that life? Let me know what you think, guys. You can find me, interact with the show, talk about topics you want me to talk about, ask questions for shows. We'll do a Q&A soon I think uh, we're, we're collecting comments and stuff like that from social media and whatnot. So you can find me on all socials at James underscore Skrmeta, the last name, S-K-R-M-E-T-T-A. Twitter, Instagram is the best ways to find me. The YouTube channel, comment, I'll check out all the comments. So we are on there. We also have a Clips channel. We have a Clips channel for, if you don't want to listen to the full-form podcast, if you go to the Clips channel, then you can find just like topics kind of highlighted from each show. Those are are fun. We also live stream. Uh, We hang out on Twitch a lot. It's not like shows like this. We're just hanging and banging, chilling, doing different stuff. We stream a good bit. So if you go on Twitch, guess where you can find me? James underscore Scrametta. So thank you very much for enjoying uh, this podcast with me. Sorry it was a day late, but I didn't get it done on Sunday because of Easter. I was too busy crying to steal magnolias. You know how it is. Guys, again, if you are just listening to the show, please tell your friends. Share the show. Uh, I see all the time. Hey, what's a good podcast? Hey, anybody got any good uh, podcast recommendations? Hint, this is the one. Tell those people about this show. I'm sweating like a pig out here. It is officially hot. So we're going to wrap it up. Thank you very much, guys. Next podcast, we should be in the new studio. And if we're not in the new studio, guess where we'll be? We'll probably be out here, weather permitting, because this, besides this sweat behind my kneecaps, this has been kind of enjoyable. Again, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for your kind words. This has been The James Cremetta Show, the greatest podcast on planet Earth. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah.